I want you to today to open your Bibles, uh, you know, to one of my uh, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and you find it in Daniel chapter three, and it's that story where there's this big king, this Nebuchadnezzar. He was a king of great influence in antiquity, and he conquered the Assyrians, and he conquered most of the Middle East in those days. Very, very powerful empire, and uh, and uh, his, his conquest went all the way to Jerusalem, and, and the people of Jerusalem, some were taken captive to Babylon, and this man, he, he, his kingdom grew so much, his empire was growing so much, and his heart was elevated and, and full of pride, and one day he built this huge statue and he declared that everyone at the sound of the music should bow down to that statue and worship the statue. But right there, there are three people that decided not to bow their knee. And when they went through a fiery trial. And today I want to talk to you about, about what to do when we walk through those fiery trials. And we're going to look at the example of someone who's been there literally in a literal fire and how God, what God did for them, and, and what they did. And, and, and it will be such an encouragement for you and for me today. So get ready. Open your Bible, Daniel chapter 3, and verse, we're going to read from verse 16. And I'm going to read quite a long portion, but I love to read the Word of God. The Word of God is, is delicious. It's, it nourishes your spirit. So Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 to 25, and then verse 27, and then chapter 4, verses 2 to 3. And the Bible says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If, if that is the case of God, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. In other words, our relationship with God, our loyalty, our allegiance is a non-negotiable. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and, and the expression of his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And he spoke and he commanded that they hit the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments. One translation says their ornaments. And they were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They said, they said to the king, true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, 
walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not heard. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Verse 27. And the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw this man on whose bodies the fire had no power. The, air, the hair in their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not in them. Wow. Jump with me now to chapter 4 and verse 2. This is now the king himself after this whole experience, what he said. He said, I thought it good. I thought it good to declare, to declare the signs and the wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are His signs and how mighty His wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and His dominion is from generation to generation. You know, this revelation that he received of, of God, of who God really is, is, is worth, you know, taking into our own lives. It's a, it's a revelation uh, worth exploring. It is a revelation worth embracing into our lives. It's a, it's a revelation that will strengthen and empower our lives. But my, my um, emphasis today is verse 27. I just love something that verse 27 says. It says, it says, And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's councils gathered together, and they saw this man on whose bodies fire had no power. Fire had no power. What an interesting statement to say that, that fire had no power. You know, it's a little bit like saying the ocean had no water. That wouldn't make sense because what defines an ocean is the presence of water. And what defines fire is the reality of its power. And you know, living in a country like Australia, we know all about the devastating power of fire. You know, fire has a scary and, and very real uh, and, and very devastating, destructive power. We have seen that. That power, if harnessed in the proper way, can also be used to create beautiful things in the hands of a blacksmith or in the hands of a potter. It can be used to create beautiful things, not devastation. But either way, you know, fire has tremendous power. So it is a surprise when we read that, that fire had no power. You know, in this story, the power of that fire was in fact, you know, used to invoke terror and command the obedience of the people. The power of that fire was on display and seemed inescapable. Number one, it was a furnace. It was not just... Um, a little fire or a barbecue. <laughs> it was a furnace. Secondly, this furnace was heated seven times more than what it was normally heated for. You know, the furnace was used most likely to bake bricks, and to bake a brick you need probably 900 to 1,000 degrees Celsius. But so that you have an idea, this was heated seven times more. Now, I want you to know that at 1,200 degrees Celsius, the rock melts. 
that's called lava. So what a release of, of kinetic power, of heat, and of light. Well, that must have been a very powerful sight to behold. So all of the power of fire was on display that day to bring, you know, submission and, and a sense of obedience and awe and terror. And the, fl the flame was so intense that uh, it says in verse 22, it was exceedingly hot. It was like unusually, you know, you would never get fire as hot as it was on that day. And the flame was so intense that the men, these were mighty men of the army of Nebuchadnezzar, the mighty men that took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, just as they, as they got close to the fire, they died an instant death. Oxygen was sucked out of their lungs and they probably disintegrated by the power of that fire. So everything about that fire was on a scale that was sure to intimidate anyone to absolute and unreserved submission. You know, but yet the Bible says right here, when it came to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fire had no power. You know, such a furnace was probably used, uh, you know, uh, primarily to bake the bricks that were used uh, in the, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar was a man of great vision. And after the defeat of Nineveh and uh, the defeat of the Assyrian Empire, he decided to make uh, Babylon even a greater place. And so there was massive buildings going on in, in Babylon. In, in actual fact, still up to this day, many of these buildings, those buildings remain. In actual fact, Saddam Hussein himself built <laughs> a palace not far from where King Nebuchadnezzar uh, was building these palaces and so on and so forth. So it, it was probably not a new, an unusual sight to have a furnace, you know, baking bricks for the rebuilding of the of Babylon. And, and that, in those days, that was actually a major technological advancement because up to that point, you know, buildings were made just out of uh, bricks that were just baked in the sun. But those bricks, uh, you know, at the, you know, when with heavy rain, they would disintegrate. And so they discovered, this was a, technolo a technological discovery of those days, that if they would break those bricks in, in these furnaces, they would be basically indestructible. In fact, I visited the British Museum a few years ago, and it's so interesting that in the British Museum, you find today, you can go there and on display, you will see the very bricks that uh, they, they have embossed on the side, the name Nebuchadnezzar. And so these bricks were made in those furnaces, but this time, you know, the, the fire was on a, a totally different level, was seven times hotter. So uh, these were probably large-scale ovens, uh, and, and everything about that scenario was impressive and was scary, and yet it says here, and fire had no power. Wow, <laughs> I'm amazed. You know, but apart from the physical fire, um, apart from the combustion that they could see with their eyes that day, apart from all that display of power, you know, uh, in, in the Babylonian uh, mythology, they had five fire gods. These were gods that they worshipped and they were, they were called fire gods because one of the things that they used in those days to worship was that they worshipped fire. And it was actually not uncommon in the Middle Eastern religions, the worship of fire. 
uh, in actual fact, in the Bible, in the book of Leviticus, in the book of Ezekiel, there's a mention of a, a fire god. His name was Moloch. And the Bible says that he was not to be worshipped. So I, I want you to see that apart from the display of, natural, of the natural power of fire, this furnace may, also, may have also served the purpose of being a, a spiritual display of sorts. And, and Babylonians, they, they were known for using fire for magical purposes. So there's, there's the natural side of fire, but then there's the spiritual side of, of that whole display, and, and, but neither type of fire touched. Neither type of fire had any power against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Wow. <laughs> fire has no power. Can you say that out loud in your home? Fire had no power. So in the recorded history of the lives of these men, it is written that fire had no power over them. Whatever the enemy brought against them, it had no power. You know, the, the greatest tricks that they could pull, pull off, they, they, they had no power, no consequence, nothing over this man. And, and you know, this was written about this man. This was, this was recorded in the recorded history of the lives of these men. It is written that, that fire, that fiery trial had no power over them. What is your story going to be? What is your story going to be? Here's what heaven wants to record about you, about your story. God also wants to say that in regards to your life, that when you went through a fiery trial, that same fiery trial had no power over you. 1 Peter 4.12 says, Behold, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. You know, what the scripture is saying is that it is actually normal in this life for us to go through fiery trials. And there'll be times where the enemy will heat up circumstances. He'll raise the temperature of our, uh, of our circumstances, of our situations. He'll make it worse seven times just to test our metal, just to test what we are made of. But at the end of the day, you know, what was written about this man was that fire had no power over them. And what God wants to write about your life is that power and that every trick of the enemy had no power power over your life. God wants to be with you in the middle of your trial, in the middle of your circumstances, in the middle of that thing that you're going through. And God wants you to know that that fire, that thing that the enemy has brought against you, yes, it is intimidating. Yes, in the natural could potentially take you out, but not so. Because if God before you, who can be against you. So God once said about you that, that Satan had no power over you, that sin had no power over you, that discouragement had no power over you. You know, discouragement is a very real thing, and discouragement sometimes comes to try to, to overpower you and to dominate, but you know, determine in your heart, discouragement will have no power in my life. No fiery trial will have any power in my life. Worry will have no power in my thoughts, in my life, will have no impact on my decisions. There's so many people that um, 
you know, they, they can't control worry. They let their thoughts run wild. But you know what? God wants you to be in control. God wants your thoughts, you know, to be thoughts of peace and not of evil because those are the thoughts that God thinks about you. Fire had no power. So worry doesn't have to have any power of you. You know, whatever the enemy has brought against you, you know, in the, in the natural, uh, uh, looking at your outward circumstances, they may seem intimidating. They may seem overpowering. They may seem inescapable. But remember our message today. These things had no power over the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I don't know what has come against you. I want you to know that God wants you to, God wants you to be in charge over those circumstances. Amen. When it came to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fire had no power. You know why? Number one, because of their faith. Secondly, because of their uncompromising spirit. And thirdly, because the greater one, Jesus, walked with them right in the middle of that fire. So number one, fire had no power over them because of their faith. And in Ephesians 6, 16, it says that when the enemy shoots his fiery darts, fiery darts of worry, or fiery darts of sickness, or, or fiery darts of, of a temptation, or, or something that has come to, you know what? The Bible says that when we raise the shield of faith, that shield of faith is able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. This is how you quench the fire of the enemy. You raise your shield of faith and it quenches. It's your fire extinguisher, you know, your faith. You declare, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he said, well, God is able to rescue us, to deliver us from this fire. They spoke their faith. And that's why I speak so much about faith, because I know the power of faith, and I know the power of fire, and I know that it is faith that quenches fire. And I know that you're probably going to go through some fiery trials. You're going to go through some things in your life where I tell you what, the only antidote, the only thing that's going to put out that flame is the shield of faith is responding with confidence, is declaring the greatness of God, is confessing that if God before you, who can be against you? Now, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33 says this. It says, it says, who through faith, can you say that out loud at home? Through faith, how? <laughs> Through faith, they subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire. Wow. Here's a great example and a great chapter in the Bible of a whole lot of people who also went through fiery trials. And the Bible says that through faith, they quenched the violence of fire. They quenched those fiery darts that the enemy threw against them. So I want to encourage you. You know what? Be a person of faith. Declare your trust, your confidence in God. Fire had no power because of their faith. But secondly, fire had no power because of their uncompromising spirit. You know, their loyalty to God was not up for negotiation. They were incorruptible. And so also God kept them untouched by the fire. 
Daniel and his friends, you know, they, were, they lived in a culture that was not too different from the culture that we're living in. A culture that is hostile to, to us and to the things that we believe and that the things that we stand for and, and hostile towards our faith. That, that's where they live. They live right there in the middle of hostility. However, they had an excellent spirit about them. They were unwavering in their principles. They were unwavering in their values. They were unwavering in their allegiance to God. And so they, they refused to bow down to the idols of that culture. And they refused to dance to their music. I tell you what. <laughs> Thank God I believe you are one of those. I believe I'm looking at people who have a non-compromising faith. I believe that when the enemy comes and says, well, bow to this or, or, or subject yourself to that or watch this, or I believe that you too are one of those people that are, you have an unwavering faith and you have unwavering principles and you stand for your values. And I tell you what, if you stand for God, God stands for you. Fire had no power. What an incredible statement. What a, what a powerful lesson that God gives us of His faithfulness towards His people. So, fire had no power because of their faith. Secondly, because of their uncompromising spirit. But thirdly, because of the one who walked with them in the midst of their fire. And Jesus is most likely that fourth man in the fire. He came to them and he walked with them. The Bible says he walked with them in the midst of the fire. Wow, I love that about Jesus. I love the fact that Jesus comes to us. I love the fact that Jesus made a grand entrance into planet earth right there at that moment most likely was Jesus and, and he positioned himself in the heat of the battle with them just to say I'm here for you just to say you know what you will never walk alone I promise I will never leave you nor forsake you you know Jesus he, 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 he did that great appearance because just to demonstrate that that he comes and when he comes fire has no power Every hellish plan of the enemy is neutralized. That God's own people will never walk alone. And that the bound become loose. I think in the text that we read today, there's, there's probably four or five words that, that say they were bound, 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 bound. But then when the, when the king looked at them, he saw them loose. <laughs> you know, that, that fire only burned the only thing that been, didn't belong in their lives. And you know what? Bondage didn't belong in their lives. I want you to know that bondage, any kind of bondage, does not belong in your life. It's not yours. Amen. You belong to God. Hallelujah. You belong to God. And I love that 90 years before that event, the prophet Isaiah had prophesied. And he said in Isaiah 43 and verse 2, this is what he said. He said, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, 
nor shall the flame scorch you. Wow, I really believe this is a word for someone out there today. I really believe that God brought me here today, you know, just to share this word with someone out there. You are in the heat of the battle. The enemy has increased the temperature of your circumstances seven times, but God wants you to know that you're not alone, that he's walking with you, that his presence is assured, that his deliverance is sure, hallelujah, and that his promise comes to pass when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scourge you in the name of Jesus. Now, every promise God gives us in his word is there for a time, and, and when it's going to be needed, you know, God will come, and God will cause it to come to pass. And God wants you to know that this message is here today because you will need it. You will need it. Probably there's someone out there that needs it right now. And I want you to know that God will come to walk with you in your fire to make sure that the promise will come to pass. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Have a, have a 30 seconds shouting time. Maybe stretch from your couch and, and just say, thank you, Jesus, that you are with me in my fire in my situation, in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Well, let's go back to our verse 27. It says, And the satraps and the administrators and the governors and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw this man whose body, in whose bodies fire had no power. The air of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. I love that. The smell of fire, not even the smell of fire was on them. You know, what's, uh, what's left of a fiery trial? You know, in, in this story, not devastation, not destruction, not even the smell of defeat. Hallelujah. They carried nothing negative out of that experience into their future. There was no residue. They were totally unaffected. What happened to them brought nothing into their future. And you know, sometimes when people go through tough times and there, there are sometimes situations in life, they can leave us traumatized. They can leave us, you know, with stress. And, and, and I've heard and I've sat with people that have said, you know, Pastor, this has happened to me in my life years ago, but I still have nightmares about that. Pastor, there, there are situations that sometimes I'm, I'm well and they suddenly trigger emotions and because of something that happened to me years ago. You know, that's called trauma. And, but it's so interesting that in this passage, it shows us that they went through something, but out of that, nothing was carried into their future. I remember years ago, our family was involved in an accident and, and it was riding and, and we were, our car, we, we had to swerve into the incoming traffic and there was a truck coming towards us and one man got killed and, and suddenly there's an explosion of, a, of an uh, electrical um, uh, transformer and cables high voltage cables were falling and, and they fell on top of the car and it was quite a quite a, an unnerving situation. Talking about fire, there were fire, there was explosions, there were things catching fire, although it was raining and we were right 
in the middle of that situation. And by a miracle of God, we, we dodged everything and we ended up in someone's backyard and we got out of the car. And I remember one of the first things that I did at that moment, I just thanked God for, for the fact that He preserved our lives. The next thing, I just felt prompted in my heart to pray against trauma. And I said, I rebuke trauma right now in Jesus' name. And I prayed that because our kids were in the car, my wife was in the car, and we declared, in Jesus' name, we will not bring anything out of this circumstance with us. This will not impact us ever in Jesus' name. And a couple of days later, we got a phone call from someone from the government, a psychologist, and saying, hey, I heard that you were involved in this accident. I just want you to know that it's normal for people to experience trauma and for people to experience, you know, again, the, the, you know, the situation that you've, you've lived, it, you know, and, and I have to say, as a testimony for the glory of God, we've never experienced trauma, never. Uh, I mean, we pray that over our kids, and I believe it was the Holy Spirit at that moment that inspired me to pray against trauma and nothing, you know, we didn't bring anything bad out of that except a testimony for the glory of God. Just like, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they got, the only thing they got out of that was a testimony for the glory of God that we can have access today, we can read about, we can get encouraged, and a revelation of a God of signs and wonders. Great are His signs and great are His wonders. This is a revelation worth embracing. This is a revelation worth carrying into our circumstances. Hallelujah.